uh, last fall, I did a study retreat, as I like to do several times a year, and uh, plan the sermon schedule. And so last fall, as I was praying about 2022 and what the Lord would have for us to, to study, what kept surfacing for me was just the theme of love. And so we started this year with a series in January where we talked about the fact that love is greater than fear. So as great, as big, as intimidating as our fears oftentimes are, the, uh, First John tells us that God's perfect love casts out fear. And so um, that was pretty comforting to start the year off. Then we went into a series for the last three months where we talked about the fact that there is no greater love than the love that Jesus has for us, the sacrificial love that he has, that he would leave the, the perfect splendor of heaven, the, the place that he was honored perfectly. He, he would leave all of that to come and live on this very, very broken planet and not just to live here and to teach us and to, to do amazing things uh, among people, but also to give his life as a sacrifice so that his perfect record could be credited to our completely stained and broken record. I mean, that, there is no greater love than that. And one, one of the privileges, I mean, one of the greatest privileges that we have as followers of Jesus is to just marinate in that love. I hope you take time to, to not just be busy in your life all the time and not even just be busy in your spiritual life all the time, like doing something, reading something, praying something, but just to be still and just to, to marinate and let God's love just kind of soak into every pore of your life because it is, it's in marinating in his love that we find healing, that we find strength, that we find hope. And hopefully, as we marinate in his love, it it empowers us, it motivates us to say, I want to share that love with other people and not just keep it to our, ourselves. Every gospel account of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, every account ends with a commission. The, the band sang about that earlier, a commission to go tell about this perfect love to a world in desperate need of it. And so it, it's really interesting that this series was planned to, to talk about love outside of our walls. So we've talked about marinating in God's love um, just in our, our own personal lives and, and within our, our church family. But now we're, we're, we've set this, oh, I, about six months ago, this was set onto the calendar to say, let's talk about how do we then take that love outside of our walls and impact our community. And the timing of this is really amazing because the Lord has opened up an incredible opportunity, a tragic opportunity, but an incredible opportunity for us to, to do that that we weren't even expecting. I'm going to invite Jeremy to come and, and talk about this. Many of you, probably all of you are aware of the, the tragic shooting that happened earlier this week, just two and a half miles from where we are sitting. And I was out of town at the time, but got a call on Monday afternoon about what had happened. And immediately I started hearing from people asking the question, what can we do? What, what can our church do for our community? And so the pastors got on the phone and we were talking about different ideas. One of the ideas that was suggested was, could we do, could we offer some kind of a prayer vigil, at least to give the community an opportunity to come together and to pray together? And so Jeremy 
uh, was able to lead that for us on Monday, and you've had several opportunities since then, and I wondered if you would just come and share about that. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Thanks for the privilege. Um, and you'll see these two roses here. Um, we did get news that yeah. just came in today or last night that the two children did pass away. Mm. And so we wanted to put these roses knowing that our community is, is really impacted by this loss. And so um, for the teens out there, families, um, I'm grieving with you. And we are more than available um, to talk with you, process through this with you. We have a care team here that is going to journey with you. So if there's any questions, please come find us after the service. But just wanted to mention um, we have that in honor uh, of them. And so, yes, I got the call on Monday afternoon right around lunchtime from a parent of a teen. Um, was some of the most difficult news to hear. Um, and she was wondering, how do I walk my child through, through with this, this experience and this hardship? And so as was mentioned, we, we got on the phone. Um, and it was so cool to see the body of Christ rally around a community that was broken. And so the care team got on board. They said, we'll be there. And this is just within two or three hours, we were hosting a prayer vigil here on the hillside um, at Grace Point. I was expecting a handful of students, a good amount from the community members, but a couple of our middle school students that attend regular, regularly, they decided that they were going to get the word out, and the masses came out. And so, so many students got to hear the word of God, the comfort that comes from, from the book of Psalms and the hope that we have in Jesus. I then, with another youth leader, a couple of us went over to the Newtown uh, Middle School where they had a vigil. And I just wanted to be there. We just wanted to be there as a support. But there were two parents who might be in this crowd right now that heard another parent of Newtown Middle School students say, is there a pastor around? And they looked over. Um, and they said, there he is. I know him. And so they approached me. Which, which actually, so technically, um, well, and to, to follow up, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Jeremy taking his ordination exam. He passed. So by the way, so, but technically, we shouldn't be calling him pastor yet. So he, we, we're calling him pending pastor because um, the, we have to do a congregational vote next month at the business meeting. We're pretty sure we know how that's going to go. But technically, we're calling you pending pastor around here. That's the word around the office. But, but we didn't worry about that on, yeah, on Monday night. And just to clear my conscience, they did ask for a pastor, not a pending pastor. And I did say, I, I am. And so just to make that clear. It's all good. Uh, so anyway, these two parents directed um, this other parent. And they said, can you just come up and share? So I was thinking I would be there just to be a presence and then talk with any students that, that would like that. And here, I was invited to share in the middle of this gathering of students um, about the hope that we have in Christ. And one of the coolest things I got to see was it was a student of our GP students that led me through this circle of students into the center and said, here's my youth pastor. I'd love if he would be able to share with us. And so to see God use two of our students mm -hmm. specifically was awesome. Um, we fast forward to Wednesday, which is our normal youth group night, but we wanted to reshape it to offer it um, the night to any of the students that are having a hard time processing and mourning. And so we restructured the whole thing. I made a bunch of phone calls and said, we need to rally the troops. Um, and get some hands and feet to be there. And you guys stepped up big time. And this place right where we are at was mm -hmm. packed mm -hmm. with Newtown Middle School students like mm -hmm. I've never seen before. They came. They all got to hear the narrative of scripture, mm -hmm. 
We answered the question, why is there suffering? And gave them the hope that there is in Christ. And then we also had a video scavenger hunt scheduled for the same day that we were getting a nor'easter up the coast with wind and rain. And uh, so that was yesterday. And I got here, and I couldn't get in the doors because the power was out. And my thob didn't work. And I'm thinking, all right, Lord, we, we need you to get these lights on so we can care for these students, if that's your will. You came um, to let me in with your key. And then 12.15, 45 minutes prior to our event starting at 1, <laughs> right after I texted the youth leaders, please pray, the lights went on. Uh, and it was awesome that we were able to host the event. This stage was full, like right, right down here, with about 50 Newtown Middle School students who all got to hear again the hope that we can have in Christ. And it was an awesome night. So we've been seeing the God working and bringing hope out of the darkness. And I just want to read a passage of scripture that captures this. This is 1 Peter 3.15. Always be ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that's in you, yet with gentleness and fear. And so we're to be ready in whatever season, in the good times and the bad times. And I just want to say what an awesome opportunity as a pending pastor um, to see the body of Christ mobilized. So many people came to turn the church over for Sunday service. So many people went on social media and posted, hey, here's an opportunity for your students to come. I could go on and on of seeing how awesome the body of Christ is. A lot of people have thanked me, which I don't think is justified. You guys have done some awesome work for the kingdom of God, and it's all to the glory of God. Mm, that's awesome. And, and there's more to come. Um, I'm going to tell you about that at the end of the message so we can be praying for some more opportunities that are coming up. But thank you for your involvement, Absolutely. and thank sure. you to all of you. It's, <laughs> this, this is what we're talking about this month, is how do, we, how do we take Christ's love into the community? How do we be the hands and feet of Jesus? So we're going to talk about that this month, and this morning we're going to start in Acts chapter 1 with Jesus' commission, Jesus' call to us. So if you have a Bible, uh, turn to Acts chapter 1. If you don't have one with you this morning, there's one on a seat near you, and Acts 1 is on page 1006. It's fun. I was talking to Sophie uh, back in children's ministry, they're in Acts this morning as well. So if you have kids back in Acts, they're not on the same passage that we're on, but when you go home this afternoon, you can say, what did you learn from Acts today? Well, hey, we were in Acts as well. It's kind of fun. Last week, um, we ended the Gospel of Luke, and we said that Luke set up a sequel, and so we're moving into that sequel today, the book of Acts. We're not going to go through that entire book right now, at least, um, but we're going to look at some select passages this month. And so if you were here last week, you're going to hear some echoes of what we talked about last week because there's a really nice overlap in the last few paragraphs of Luke uh, the Gospel of Luke, and the first few paragraphs here of the beginning of Acts, starting in verse 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, let, let's talk about Theophilus just for a moment. Theophilus was the benefactor that funded Luke being able to write the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. Like, Luke needed some time to be able to do the research, to be able to do the writing, and so he had a benefactor here, and he wrote it, he dedicated the book to him. So he said, in the first book, he's talking about his Gospel, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. 
He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but... You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus is very clear here about his mission, about the work for his followers to do in verse 8. He says, you will be my what? Witnesses. You will be my witnesses. Our work is to witness about Christ's work. Our work. Our work is to witness about Christ's work and what he has accomplished. Let me me lift a burden from you that some of you may feel. Um, You and I are not called to be winners. We are called to be witnesses. So sometimes we use the terminology like to be a winner of souls, like to share the good news about Christ and to win people over that they will believe and trust in Christ. It's true that Paul does talk about becoming all things to all people so that he might win as many as possible. That's our end goal. But you and I don't have any control over how another person responds. What we do have ability to do is to say we're going to be obedient to God's call for us to be witnesses. That's what Jesus is calling us to do. So being a witness of Jesus is a key theme in in this book of Acts. It shows up 39 times. And the, the Greek word has two senses to it. The first is that we, we are a witness in a legal sense. We're, we're a witness to facts. I mean, think about a, a courtroom. So we're a witness to the facts of Jesus and what he has accomplished. The second aspect of it is that we are a witness to the, the presence of God and the, the truth of like our religious convictions. Think about the personal experience that you have had with with Jesus, hopefully. Uh, Some of you may be here this morning, you've not had a personal experience with Jesus, and our prayer for you is that you would have that experience. So, So the witness is two aspects. One is kind of outside of ourselves. It's like the facts about the history of Jesus. The other is the internal that we experience, and we are to be witnesses of both of those things. We're to be witnesses about Jesus, So we're not to get sucked into secondary issues. Our primary goal, our primary work is to be a witness of of Jesus. Sometimes we get sucked into secondary issues. And Jesus identifies one of them, even in this passage that we read, and that is that sometimes Jesus' followers get really fixated on trying to figure out the timing of when he is going to return, when he is going to set up his kingdom, when he's going to come and finish the work that he started and set himself up as king and be king over all the earth. We are looking forward to that in our broken world, but sometimes we get fixated on trying to figure out the date and the time. And we see that Jesus says that's not what we're to be fixed on. 
In verse 6, it says, when, when his disciples came together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Now that you've suffered, now that you have been crucified and you've risen again, are you now going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. I mean, Jesus says, don't, don't be fixated on the future that you have no control over. Get, get busy in the present, reaching people with the, the good news about him, being a witness for him. Our work is to witness about Christ's work. And Luke gives us three specifics about our witnessing. He talks first about what we are to be witnesses of, and then he tells us how we are to witness, and then thirdly, he tells us where we're to witness. So first, what are we to be witnesses of? Well, the answer is Jesus completed work for us. We see that in the first few verses here. In the first book, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he has chosen. Verse 3, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. The most crucial thing that Jesus accomplished was to overcome death. His resurrection is the primary thing that we are to be witnesses of. And the church... The church is built on what Jesus did. The church is built by sharing what Jesus did. So the church is all built on the resurrection. The most significant thing he did was to rise again. That's what sets Christianity apart. So as we think about these two aspects of the word witness, the factual aspect, the courtroom kind of aspect, we talked about this a lot a few weeks ago on Resurrection Day that we call Easter, we talked about the fact that it is historically credible that even though this doesn't happen every day, even though it's never happened at any other time, that someone would rise from the dead, raise themselves from the dead. It is historically credible if you look at the evidence of these witnesses. We spent a lot of time on that on Easter. You can go back and watch that message if you missed it on YouTube. Uh, you can listen to it on our podcast. I pointed you actually that day to a resource called The Case for Easter, which is a, an abridgment of a larger book called The Case for Christ. And I actually have a couple of copies of that book available this morning if any of you are interested in looking at more of the evidence and being grounded in the historical, the factual evidence of Jesus' resurrection, as unbelievable as it is that someone could rise from the dead. If you want to look at the factual evidence, the historical evidence, that's a good place to look. So that's one aspect of our witness. The other aspect is the personal, the experience of the personal presence of Christ in our lives, to know that he is still alive because he's still impacting me personally. And many of you could give a testimony about the, the times that you spend in quietness, just you and, and God one-on-one. -on -one. And he ministers to you and, and brings comfort in your pain. That he brings direction to you when you're confused about what to do. How he has brought reconciliation between you and another person that you never thought could, could happen. I mean, when we have those personal experiences of Christ, those are a real um, experiencing of the living Christ. And we are to be witnesses 
of those experiences as well. If you had a friend who was falsely accused of a crime, they were arrested, taken into custody, and you knew, you, you had the evidence to prove that that person did not commit that crime, wouldn't you want to be called as a witness? I want to go to the stand. I want to testify on behalf of my friend because I want to help clear their name. Jesus is on trial all the time in our world, and he is all the time being accused of things that are not true. He's all the time being accused of not having risen from the dead. He's just a good teacher, and and he's certainly not God. He's being accused of things, and you and I have the opportunity to be a witness for him on his behalf. That's what we are to be witnesses of. And then how are we to witness Luke answers with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that God lives, gives to live inside of us. We see that in verses 4 and 5. While staying with them, Jesus ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. That's referring to the Holy Spirit. Which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus says, I want you to wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Don't, come, don't go and try to be witnesses on your own. Don't try to do this work. Don't try to do God's work without his provision. He's providing his Holy Spirit to live because you're, you're not going to be able to do it. This, is, this commission is too big. It's too heavy. It's too expansive. He wants it to go to the ends of the earth. So it is intimidating, and not only is it just a huge job to do, but we have spiritual forces working against that message going out. So it is a spiritual battle to even bring that message. It's a message, the message of Jesus rising from the dead is a message that sounds really foolish in our world where we don't experience people rising from the dead. And so to take that kind of a message to people, we, we need the empowerment, and we need empowerment beyond ourselves. We don't just reason people into believing that. That's God's work in their, their hearts. So Jesus says, don't go on your own. You, you need the Holy Spirit with you. And, and Luke uses some language in verse 8. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That, that language is used at the very beginning of his gospel in chapter 1 of, of the gospel of Luke. When the angel comes to Mary, who's going to carry Jesus and bring him into the world, he uses the exact same language. The, the angel says to Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy and the Son of God. So in chapter 1 of the Gospel of Luke, we have the Holy Spirit um, bringing about the birth of Jesus into the world. And now in Acts chapter 1, we have the Holy Spirit birthing the life of Christ as seen in the body of Christ in the church. The Holy Spirit is at the center of that. So our work our work is too big for us. We need the Spirit to empower us, and our work is to witness about Christ's work. So we've talked about what we're to be a witness about. We've talked about how we're to witness. Where are we to witness? Well, Luke answers here, near, and far in verse 8. 
He says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. There's these expanding spheres of of influence starting in the city of Jerusalem. So if we look at a, a map of Israel at the time of Jesus, we would see Jerusalem as the hub of their ministry. And then he says, I want you to start there, and then it's going to expand into the surrounding region known as Judea. And then you're going to cross a cultural boundary. You're going to go to Samaria, which they were, the the Samaritans and the Jews were enemies of each other. Jesus said, I don't want this message to stop with just my people. I want it to go to people even who are hostile, who think differently, live differently, believe differently than, than you do. The message has to go to them as well. And then I want it to go to the ends of the earth. Several years ago, and if we look at this, actually, if we think about it in terms of our Bucks County kind of area, then we could think here, near, and far. Here is right here where we're planted um, at this point, Grace, Grace Point um, in, in Newtown. And then near is our, our surrounding region. Uh, we can think about how do we go cross-culturally culturally to people who think differently, live differently, believe differently than we do and then eventually to the, to the ends of the earth. This Acts 1-8 uh, several years ago led us as a church to, to recast our vision statement to say that we, our, our vision for our church is that we would build bridges for life change through Christ. We want to build bridges. We don't want to just stay on an island by ourselves. We want to build bridges to these other spheres and for the purpose of life change, for transformation, that Jesus changes people, and that life change happens through Christ. So we've talked a lot over the last several years about going to the ends of the earth, about our far ministry, because we established a a focus in the Middle East, in, in Lebanon. And so we're not focused on that this month, but I do want to give you just a really quick update on that, because many of you have expressed interest and a desire, like, you want to go to Lebanon, like, you want to do ministry, you're, like, waiting for, like, what can we do? And so a, a quick update on that is within the next couple of weeks during this month, um, there's going to be an interest survey available, and those of you who are part of our focus community And you can join that focus community by emailing focus at gracepointpa.org. Those of you who are part of that community, you're for sure going to get this interest survey, and we'll get it out to the whole church as well. But what we want to find out from you is, what are your core passions? What are your core skills? Because we want to match that with the needs there in, in Lebanon. There's some, the first few trips that we do as we send people to Lebanon are going to be very specific because there's some very specific needs that they have right now. And so we're going to match up those skills. And then there will be later trips that will be broader and that just like whatever skill you have, like that, that will be used on those trips as well. So that, watch for that update. We're very excited to be able to do more to keep building our partnership with the churches uh, and the ministry there in, in Lebanon. So we've talked a lot about the ends of the earth. This month, we're going to be looking closer to home. We're going to be looking at our Jerusalem, our Judea, because it's possible to go far and take the message of Jesus far and walk right by our neighbors and not, not, 
meet the needs that they have. And so that's where we're going to focus. As we talk about love outside our walls this month, we're talking about just outside our walls. We're talking about what's just going on in our community. And so in the next couple of weeks, I'm, I'm really excited to share with you about an elder staff retreat that we had about a month ago where we were, were really praying about how, how do we define our community and what does God want us to do to impact our community. Our community is not easily defined, actually, because um, many of you know of our sister church, Restoration Church, down in Levittown. Like, down in Levittown, like, they have a very clearly defined community. I mean, they're, they're like, right there. They have an elementary school right in their community, and it's very clearly defined. Like, here's where God's planted us, and here's the people that we can reach. Ours is not that clear, because we kind of sit out here on an island. We actually sit at this point of three different townships. It's like we're not even really solidly in any of the school districts. It's just kind of an odd spot. And so we were really wrestling with that. What does that look like? I'm excited to share with you what came out of that conversation. I'm going to uh, leave you on the edge of your seat for that uh, for another couple of weeks. But the other thing that we want to do this month is just do some equipping so that you and I are better prepared as we go outside of our walls to, to share our faith. So we're going to be doing some practical work with that as well. As a way to um, prepare uh, a foundation and to prepare our hearts, when you came in, hopefully there was a, a card there on or near your seat that talks about a neighborhood prayer walk. I want to just call us to this uh, as something that we've not done in my time at Grace Point. Uh, and, and a neighborhood prayer walk is nothing more than taking a walk around your neighborhood and just talking to God while you're walking. I know many of us are challenged to be able to walk and chew gum. This does not require chewing gum at all. This is walking and talk. Most of us can talk while we walk. And you can keep your eyes open. It's okay while, while you're praying. But I gave you a couple of prayer points here to be praying for as you walk. And I, I'm just encouraging us to do this and make this a priority um, for this month as we're just talking about loving outside of our walls. The three prayer points are just asking God to prepare hearts to hear the gospel, to hear the good news about Christ. It's a hard message for people to hear. It's a message that confronts our sin. And we don't, we don't like to think about our sin. We just like to ignore our sin and kind of put that away. But it, it brings our sin front and center to say, God, I, I can't do anything to fix this. I need your forgiveness for this. And then the forgiveness that Christ offers comes through, through his love. That We're asking God to prepare hearts to hear a hard message. And pray by name as you're walking around in your neighborhood. Hopefully you know the names of many of your neighbors. Pray for, for them. Pray uh, that our eyes would be open. God, open my eyes for opportunities to witness Sometimes we're so busy doing our life and just running here, there, and everywhere that our, our eyes aren't sensitized. We're not, we're not really watching for opportunities. God, open my eyes for opportunities to, to witness, to be a witness for you, Jesus. And then, and then the third thing simply is, Lord, would you bring people then from death to life? That's, that's the work of God. I mean, we, you and I can't do that. We can't reason anybody into the a belief in Christ. That's a, that's a regenerating work that the Holy Spirit does. We talked about this over the last couple of weeks, the, the divine passive. God does a work in people's lives, and, and so we ask him to, to do that work. I would encourage you, 
to make plans over, over the next month of do this um, maybe with your group. We talked about groups earlier, so maybe this is something your group could do together. You could plan a time to meet up. Um, do it with other neighbors. So we have some neighbors in, in our neighborhood who attend a different church, but I'm going to be asking them. I'm going to say, hey, can we plan a time and like just do this time of prayer together? Do it with your family. Um, do it. I, my, my encouragement to you is do it at least once a week. During, during this month, and if you can do it more often than that, um, then, then do it even more. Um, I was going to say to you, like, the good thing is we've, we've saved this for now when the weather is so nice outside, but it is not so nice right now, but hopefully it's going to get better. It's supposed to get better here later this, this week, but encourage you to engage in a neighborhood prayer walk. Our work is to witness about Christ's work. And there, there are a lot of ways for us to do this as a church. We're going to be talking about some fresh ways, some fresh initiatives that we're going to be doing together as a church. But then we have opportunities even as individuals in the spheres where God has placed each one of us. And I just would encourage us to pray that God does exceeding abundantly beyond all that we can ask or imagine for, for his glory, for him to get glory and to draw people to him promised you that I was going to tell you about a couple of other opportunities that are coming up this week that you can be praying about that are related to the, the shooting tragedy here. Um, tomorrow night, there's going to be a vigil at Seoul Finestone uh, Elementary School. And so Jeremy has been invited again, as well as Sophie, um, our elementary, our children's ministry director. Since it's an elementary school, they have opportunity to be involved in that, along with other leaders in, in the community. But that's just a great privilege for us to, to be there and to represent Christ and to do ministry. And then this Wednesday, we have uh, just an incredible opportunity so you heard about last Wednesday and how Jeremy kind of reformatted things and had uh, just a bunch of middle school kids in here. On Friday morning, Jeremy got a call from the middle school, from some of the administrators there. And when he saw it was coming from the middle school, he kind of braced himself because he's like, okay, I was at the vigil. Maybe I said something that they didn't like and he was going to get chastised. And it, it couldn't have been further from the truth. They were expressed such uh, gratefulness uh, to him. Um, for the ministry that's been happening at, at Grace Point. And they, they said this to him. They, said, they asked the question, do you have any other community events planned around this issue? Because if you do, we will point our parents to your event. Now, that's incredible. That, that's an incredible open door for a public school to point people to a ministry here. So right away, you know, we started talking and praying through. And so the plan for this Wednesday night, please be praying for this. And some of you may want to be involved in this. On Wednesday night, uh, Jeremy again is going to have something special for the teens that he will be talking to them about. But simultaneously, we're going to offer something for parents. And we're going to offer to them a session just saying, how do I help my teen deal with tragedy? And so we have a, a marriage and family therapist from our church who's going to be here to share as part of that. Uh, we're going to be sharing with them uh, spiritual hope as well. So we're going to have our hospitality people here on Wednesday night to make it a very special serving night for them. Oh, and the other thing is because there's elementary schools impacted or elementary students impacted by this as well, we've had requests for that. 
And so um, Sophie is actually going to offer something in the back for elementary students. They're not going to be talking about the topic back there. They're just going to have a positive time together. She is going to have uh, a time of just pointing them to Christ. But it's, she's offering that so that their parents can come and be part of the session for the parents. So we're going to have this building, Lord willing, full of people from our community on Wednesday night. If you would like to be part of that and help with hospitality, help with uh, kids back in the kids ministry, help with our teens, um, then would you just email community at gracepointpa.org, and then we will help you get connected to Jeremy or Sophie or whoever you need to be connected to to help make that happen this week. Um, we actually get to love people outside of our walls, inside of our walls on, on Wednesday. Friday, actually, I forgot to mention this first service, but Friday, our staff is going to be taking lunch to the Upper Makefield Police um, office and going to be serving them as well. They've gone through so, so much over this last week. And so we're just wanting to take opportunities to, to be just sharing the love of, of Christ and encourage you to be part of that as you are able. Let's be praying that God opens up even more opportunities like this. We want to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community.